Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now. I'm Judy Gold, your host. And today is an exceptional, wonderful, incredible episode. I have been dying, dying. And like, it's been going on for years where, oh yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do your podcast. I'm going to do it. Uh, Well, James is away. No, I can't. Well, uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Hmm. the dynamic duo, Seth Rudetsky (laughs) and James Wesley. Now this is the Jew bell. So anytime anything remotely Jewish is mentioned... Bell goes off. Okay, well, we have a dog, so it's going to be really fun. She's <laughs> right. going to start barking. Right. Oh, you injured your baby. I'm not going to um, mention anything you know what-ish. And, and the bell, by the way, is situated right between Judy and Seth. Not me, I noticed. Right. <laughs> so well, you can, you right, can you're not Jewish. <laughs> but, well, apparently, supposedly, I am. My yes. grandmother told me a couple of years before she died. Yes. 
<laughs> that what her, she said. That her mother's mother was Jewish. So your grandmother's mother. So my mother's 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 mother was Jewish. So that means you're a Jew. Right. Now, who well, knows we don't know. true? Yeah, we don't know if she was hallucinating or not, but but she did say it. <laughs> she did say it. Well, who's going to say that if it's not true? That's what I kind of think. Right. Yeah. So that's that's it's the not good like we're the, the most beloved people in the world. <laughs> no, dear. It is true that <laughs> Judy has been asking us to do this for it feels I like forever. Know. I'm sorry. It's just that you have ADD like I do. It's hard to schedule things. I can't things. take the ADD. Do you take anything for the ADD? You know, I've tried no. it and the ADD makes me, I hear that. That's James's anger that I don't do it. Right. My problem is my ADD. I'm so impatient because it's like you have to wait five weeks and maybe right. you'll feel different. I'm like, nope, if I don't feel it that day, I'm not taking it. Right. Here's the thing. What? I did write the book and I had to take Ritalin. Wait, you every read the day. book or you wrote the book? Wrote, writing the book, I had to take Ritalin. <gasps> oh, because there's a new book coming out. Yeah. So it was like oh. constant, um, you know, like fo- I had to focus. I had to do a lot of reading and a lot of like, I have to write this chapter. I have to write it and write, you know. So it did help. Right. But I also drink 95 cups of coffee a day. Do you do that? Uh, I drink two cups of coffee in the morning. I, I think Ritalin, I did try it once and it helped me. I think it may give me a splitting headache. Does it give you a headache? Oh, that's interesting. I got nervous that I got a splitting headache from it. I, You know what happened? I would like crash at like, you know, five o'clock. I'd be like, and then crash at five o'clock. Uh, listen, I don't know if I really, James really thinks he need medicine. James, why do you think I need ADD meds? Because what, how does the ADD, see, I more have the see, flare. I, I wish Elisa was here because <laughs> she is constantly with the, you don't understand what it's like to live with someone with, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Well, by the way, James also has ADD, you but do? it's a lower level. I, I have a lower level, but, but that it drives is true. Did you get it? Did you get it? Diagnosed? Diagnosed? Um, yeah, I? I actually, I did. I did buy a psychiatrist like about eight or nine years ago. I, and I take Ritalin on occasion. I take I, the like, XR, really extended release. Oh. Yeah. But I know what Seth, you're talking about regarding the headaches because that was an issue. I think the main reason why I need ADD is because I just get angry really quickly. It dissipates five seconds later, but anything irritates me. I know oh, you my God, same. I was going to say, I know you can't identify Judy. No, that's oh, No, thing. it's bad. It's so bad. Yeah. And like like when I you answered right away. When I'm at the gym and I'm done and I have to stretch, it's fucking torture. Oh, my God. Torture. Wait, that's so funny. That I know. I get yelled at every time I'm my trainer. Like, I what know, are you but doing? it's like I can't. Like it's these so people boring. that sit around – and are like, like, um, no, I can't. I, I got to do patients. something. Right. Yeah, I don't have patients. That's why I would take medicine to help me stretch. Really, because like, that's <laughs> right. where my well, body good. That's, a good that's interesting. But that, and, and the anger is like, you know, getting on a subway. If someone's in front of me. Like, oh, my I'm, God. It's just like, get the fuck out of my way. I know. You know what I can't? These are kill me now moments, by the way. But you know what fucking yeah. pisses me? I can't. When you're walking down the street and someone is walking in front of you looking at their phone, like, Going extra slow or going up the stairs in the subway, oh, that's the worst. looking at, and I'm just like, move. I literally say move. But don't you do that too? No. You don't no. walk and look at your phone? No, I cannot. Oh. Seth does. I won't. I think I sort of do. I'm like, oh, just for this one minute, and then six boss go by. No, I can't do it. So I'm the And I angrily that- wait for him at the top of the no. stairs. No, and you know what else I do? Oh, I, that's a new information. Yeah. For Seth. <laughs> Why is this about my ADD? Let's go. No, no. All right. Here's the no, other thing true. I do. And then we'll start with, you know, whatever. But uh, this is the other thing I do. If someone's walking down towards this, towards me down the street, looking at their phone, mm-hmm. I stop and go like that. And oh, I you just wave your wave, hands, wave, frankly. Wave, oh, that's a good idea. Or I stop and I'm like. Wait, just anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. If because, you're about to bump into me. Right. Because you're fucking looking at your phone. Go fuck yourself. Well, remind me for Kill Me Now moment. James knows what I'm going to bring up. So anyway, we'll talk about it later because I have my own thing I'm going to bring okay. up. But I'm going to save it for Kill Me Now. All right. So Seth, 
Um, yeah. I don't know a lot about you and growing up. And is oh. that on purpose? No, like, I know, actually wrote. I mean, you did the Rhapsody and yeah, Seth. wrote a whole entire show. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you don't know Seth, he, I, I, can't, I don't even know how to describe writer, composer. No, not composer. Musician. Yeah, you are. I, okay, a little bit. All right, bit, a little but bit. But not a real um, composer. Musician. Musician, yes. Um, Comedy writer, musician, actor, radio host, and um, producer. as Lasmin producer. producer. Activist. Christine Petty loves saying Lasmin. Act- activist. Activist. And then... James, what would you call yourself? Seth's husband? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yes. You're a producer. And You're an actor. Producer, actor, writer. Yeah. And actually, activist. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, the only thing not, and musician Uh-oh. is a singer, just not as a piano player. Right. But we're, yeah, we're kind of the Mandy's same thing. Mandy's joining us. Mandy, Mandy, by the way. Mar- Mandy, Mandy Bell. Can I ask, is Mandy like this with everyone? Um, she's, she has no boundaries, so I guess yes. Oh, she's I want her to be special, Mandy. But she's my, well, not, she usually calms down, so she must it's, love you extra. It's well and the bell. Apparently, okay. oh yeah, okay. hey, Manti, I, I gotta have the. Right. Oh god, and... here goes everything on the floor. <laughs> All right, so you grew up in Woodmere, Long Island, North Woodmere. What does that mean? Hey, what's the distinction? You know distinction what? It's just there. another town. Woodmere's a different town. It's North Wood, North Woodmere. We didn't have our own mailbox. It's uh, such a boring story. But anyway, my my. my Sixth grade teacher was a big anti-Semite, was always saying North Woodmere doesn't really exist. It's really Valley Stream. And um, we'd always have a big fight. And then he said, Jews, I told him that, <laughs> I told him that Nazi guards would throw babies in the air yeah, and yeah. shoot them. And he was like, no, they didn't. It was Mr. Harper, <gasps> Mr. William Harper. I still remember him. Wayne Hated him Harper? so much. William Harper. And he's recently, I found him on Facebook, oh. crazy, crazy anti-Hillary. He's a horrible person. Really? Sixth, this is sixth grade sixth teacher? teacher? Yeah. I don't know how it came Wait, up with the Wait, and your mother didn't go in? And Are you kidding me? No, she, well, my mother talks to talk. Oh, no, not my mother. <laughs> my mother's my like, mother I'm going to tell off. him. It's a lot of what she's going to tell him, and then like something comes up, and then six years pass. Right. Okay, so you're not, what number in your family? Number four. Of five? No, four. I'm, I'm the baby. I'm still treated like the baby, even though right. I'm 31. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm the baby of the family. I'm the baby, too. And my brother and sister treat me like I'm like... Yeah. Retarded. My sister literally <laughs> bought me a bath mat. Like, I know you never buy yourself a bath mat. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've like lived in an apartment for years. Right. It always to this day treat me like I'm Your sister Nancy? Nancy did it, yeah. Nancy, Jew. Yeah, oh <laughs> she's yeah. She's really Jewy. Yes. No, and she's... your mother's really Jewy. <laughs> yes. What about your other sister? Beth, I mean, you know, they're all, they're all their version of Balt Shuva, as we say, right. which means like, you know, newly orthodox, but they've got their own version of it. Right. You know, it reminds me of, do you remember that hilarious, who's that gay, uh, that gay comic? Um, part of Funny Gay Males, the, the Jewish one. Jaffe oh, Cohen. Jaffe Cohen. He always said that his mother evolved Jewish-wise, and after a while, her version of fasting on Yom Kippur was having a tuna melt without the cheese, which I thought was so <laughs> hilarious, and I so identified, because <laughs> it was a sacrifice. That's so funny. <laughs> it's a great joke. Um, okay, so yeah. you, it, your parents were married for how long? My parents were married for 23 years. They got divorced when I was, they literally, they told me at nine they were going to get divorced, but they quote unquote were waiting for my bar mitzvah. Ding. So at 13, they finally got divorced wait, after 23 you're years. you're nine. They're like, we're getting divorced, yeah. but we're going to wait. Yeah. So I had to live with them so for four, four years. So four years and they hated each other? Oh, it was horrific. Yeah, they completely hated each other. But I guess as a favor to me, they stayed together for oh four years. Oh my God. It was horrific. But wow. you know what? I always say, and I always believe this, you can only deal with your own family. Like James tells me about his childhood, and I'm like, 100% on no level could I have ever dealt with that. So every headache thing that happened to me, I could deal with, but I'm sure I couldn't have dealt with anyone else's childhood. That's so just amazing. FYI. It's true. I just but think, like, was I, your ha- like, if you 
walked by your house or would be like, oh, that's those are the Rodetskis and they're so great. And they're with would that be? I don't think I don't think they say we're so great, but they go, oh, they're they're all musicians. They all play like at my my bar mitzvah reception was at was in my house. And then we all entertained and Beth. Oh my God, that's so the fucking um, sound of music. Yeah, so Beth sang what I did for love. I think I sang back away. It was like, kiss today, goodbye. And point me towards tomorrow. And I was like, let's go far away. <laughs> that's oh my backup God. part. So yeah, we all performed <laughs> together. So I think they all knew that we all sang and played instruments and stuff, definitely. And who do you get the music from? Both, really both parents. My father was an amazing harmonica player actually like super both of them have no training but super super talented right father amazing harmonica player my mother great musician great actress her uncle was a famous comedy writer and beth just found this picture of him yuki sheeran was his name a picture of him and lucille ball together wow. lucille ball is not jewish i know there. but, you, but that, yuki that was fucking name is so but jewish. where was where where was it like in the castle was a u.s something no oh, u.s oh you know i don't even know he worked he was he just did comedy writing everywhere so he was like a big famous comedy person. so anyway i got it from both sides now when you were nine and your parents told you they're getting to were you upset bye i was like get out because they were fighting all the time. I was like, Mike, please, God, get divorced. I hated that they were together. All they did ever did was fight. Did they stay in the same room for the four years? Yes. That's fucking wow. stupid. It was just nonstop that fighting. That is ridiculous. Well, I don't know if my mom really wanted the divorce. And I, and I, in a sense, I think my dad, James always says it. It's like, I think my parents really did love each other. And it's that whole pre-therapy where no one knew how to get along. Right, right, right. You know, so I think they really did love each other. And they were, quote, unquote, trying to work it out. But it was just nonstop screaming. But, you know, I know with my parents, it was like... There was such gender role playing, you know, like he works. My mm. mother worked, too, but it was like she does that. But my father actually wasn't like a guy's guy. I mean, he loved he was born in 1916, but he played the mm. violin oh. and he loved the opera. Well, that's kind of very Jewishy, Right. And he loved, loved his gardening. And, you know, it's not like he ever, I, he always wore a button down shirt. I never saw him in a t-shirt or uh. a tank top or, you know, it was. Oh, I did. My father was always. He was a gentleman. My father was always passed out. He didn't drink, but always would fall asleep on the couch with an iceberg lettuce next to him because he would actually eat just big things of iceberg lettuce. And I remember they were fighting what? about money. I don't know why. He would like <laughs> hold an iceberg lettuce in his hand and take a bite bite out of it. Like an apple? Yeah. And then it was a lot of screaming like, we don't have money because of the lettuce. I remember that. Being wow. screaming at my father. <laughs> we don't have money because of the lettuce. I didn't even That's know what was. fucking hilarious. So I would see him in t-shirts like whatever. There, there was not gender role stuff. My mother had like a super great job. There wasn't gender stuff. Two so. master's degrees. Yeah. I mean. Wow. Yeah, my mother was very highly educated. And so was, and my dad was too. So anyway, there wasn't that gender stuff. I think. Yeah, I my was, mother um, had like an associate's degree. And in I, what? English? Uh, no, she was a secretarial. I don't know. She went to whatever. Her brother was killed. And then she. Oh, right. That's part of your amazing. Right. And so it play. was right when she was going to go to college and she ended up staying. Well, people in those days didn't really go to college. Right. It was but like my, a, my aunt did. My mm. aunt and my grandmother went to college. Wow. Really? She was born in 1896. And my, oh my grandfather. Gosh. Went was an engineer and an architect, and my father was an account, a CPA, and a lawyer. Oh, I come from like a long line of no education. Oh no, uh, education. Wow, all that's over. incredible. Yeah, really smart. Like one of my my mother's uncles cured pellagra. Uh, it's cured so much I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's, it was it start. You know, it was a all these people in the south were dying. Wow, and it was and they thought it was contagious. And he went down and made himself a guinea pig, <gasps> and he um, 
got the, and it turns out it was all malnutrition. And wow. so, like rickets, those kind of things. Yeah. So he, pellagra was the disease and he cured, but he, his, oh my gosh. his stuff also cured, helped to cure malaria. Like his findings were very, wow. and so anyway, he worked for the U S government and he died, um, young and the wife, not Jewish, the wife <laughs> petitioned, um, Congress because she was his assistant. For, oh. for a pension oh. or something. And yeah. that's how they got the, that was the first pension. A groundbreaking case. Yes. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> such from the, the wife wasn't Jewish. It was very Shonda. Anyway, now, and, and, and you were. Yes. Gay, gay, gay growing up. Like. I knew you I was were, gay. You, right. But, but were you, and you were tortured. Um, you know, please, I, we're watching that TV show Cheer, which is amazing. And I think people were a lot more tortured than I, of course, to me, I was tortured. But looking back, I, I was never beaten up. I was just made fun of. I was called gay all the time. And I always say this, like, you know, we were called Judy, you too, that you're called Jewish, but your parents tell you being Jewish is amazing. So right. yeah, you're kind of made fun of, but it's like. By the way, I wasn't really in my neighborhood. Everyone was Jewish. But I knew that people didn't like Jews, but I didn't care because it was amazing to be right. Jewish. But when you're called gay, you're like, oh, my God, it is the worst thing in the world, everyone says. And I I am it. So like, if someone goes, you're a fag, I couldn't go, no, I'm not, because I was. So I was right. like, I'm something they're calling me, and it's the worst thing. So I, I probably felt worse about it. It wasn't like I was tormented, tortured by them, but I think I felt really bad about it because everyone said being gay was so bad, and I knew right. I was gay. Well, no. Like I knew – when did you know, James? Um, I would say probably age five. Yeah. I, I think I was like three and I was like, there's something different about me. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. You don't know what it is. Right. Right. And then I was like, oh my God, I had to, you know, I'd, ha- I'd get a friend. And I'd be like, I have to see her every minute of every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. And it was, and I never wanted to do the shit that they did. I just wanted to mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was, and I was with, like, I'm going to shovel outside, or I'm going to, yeah. I just wanted to hang out with my phone. I really had no, I had no dolls. I had cars and tracks, and wow. like, yeah, I just no desire. Um, and I made it. I'm not telling you what I, I made everyone call me because that's going to be the end of my life with you, Butch Ringo. Wait, Ringo. Ringo. As in Ringo Starr? Yes, Ringo or Robert. Though yeah. I was like, you have to call me. <laughs> Wait, Robert, that's pushing it. Because Ringo is sort of gender Ringo, neutral. Right, Ringo's gender Robert's is on the nose one of my name. cousin. One of my cousins still calls me Robert. I want to fucking kill Wait, her. Wait, that is so funny. I know. How old were you when you said, by the way, call me Robert? Oh, like six. I had, and I was like, I'm cutting my hair off. I mean, it was just so, you know, that's why this whole, I have mixed feelings about trans kids because- I really wanted to be a boy and I used to go home. I was a latchkey mm-hmm. and I'd go home and I'd go and through my father's clothes and put on suits mm-hmm. and stuff and walk around mm-hmm. the house in a tie or whatever. And like, I really, you know, but I want to be, a, I'm like, I'm happy being right. a woman. Right. But don't you, so you're saying are some of these I, kids I, going I, through a transition like right, you did. Where you're acting out. Right. You're like, oh, you don't, you don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. You identify this way. Right. But did you but, feel you were a boy? I think that's the No, difference. that's the difference. I never was like, where's my cock? Right. Right. You know, I was like. You're, by the way, we're going to beat that out, right? No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. 
Fast growing trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did? is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know. It's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them and she talks to them too, but she got that from me. Anyway, check out fast growing trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Were you popular? No, no, dear. No. I was, I, I did have friends. I, I was. I didn't know what popularity was until I went in eighth grade to summer camp, musical theater summer right. camp, used in. And I was just, but not really a yes, Jew camp. Jew, there were Jews, Jews there. Jews go to camp. Yeah, but this was an arts camp. It was definitely... Much, much fewer Jews thing right. than in my high school. But um, I was surrounded by other kids like me that love musical theater. And like during our our music, we were doing Jacques Brel's Alive and Well and Living in Paris, totally inappropriate. And our music director was like, you kids are too young to learn the harmony. And I was like, what? So I gathered all the kids during lunch and I would teach the harmony. So that was the kind of, first of all, it was boundary breaking as usual. Right. But also like, I had friends, and the end of the summer, the last day, everyone's saying, you've got a friend, and we were sobbing. Like, I, oh, yeah, I can't. First time. <laughs> the drama. But, because, I but I also get it because I was like, I'd never been surrounded by kids I wasn't right. afraid of. It was right. like the first time I wasn't afraid of everybody. So, but I was not really popular in school. Like a little tiny group of theater kids were all smarty pants, and then I had to avoid everybody else and shut down emotionally walking down the hall. I tried to just be invisible all the time. Right, I did that. I did that. It was really hard because I got called Bigfoot and Sasquatch. Like literally uh. every Day. Like I couldn't even walk into class late. It would be like because mm-hmm, there'd be eyes screaming. on you. Uh, where are the teachers? I'm still wondering uh, where the teachers are. It's unbelievable. And I tried out for the basketball team in seventh grade, and the coach told me I was too tall for the team. It wouldn't be fair to the other players. Oh, wait, that and is then, hilarious. Um, I was so. I started playing clarinet when I was nine, and then to be popular, girl. No, I don't I know who told you that. Music, oh, okay. and then, um, and then I audition for the play like I wanted to be on stage and they were like you know you can be the head of the mission and guys and dolls that's a really funny part Sarah Arvid were yeah it was only because I was fucking gigantic I was six <laughs> feet tall and then I couldn't get in any other place um it so was it wasn't awful. really a lesbian and, thing it was a tall thing 
It was tall. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, and I was gigantic. I mean, look at me, I'm gigantic, but like in the seventies, you know, I was taller than my teachers. I was taller than the kids' parents. I was six feet at 13. It was like ridiculous. And I would see myself in the band uniform. Like someone would take a photo. I'd be like, no wonder they, it was just, it was hell. (laughs) It was fucking hell. And then there was this group of Jewish kids in my neighborhood we called them the click and they were so cunty. Right. Of course. And my mother you know, my mother was born in 1922 and my father, and they were all, my mother's like, they all hate us. Everyone hates the Jew. Judith, you don't understand. The minute you leave the room, they call, and you know, I was like, ma, you're paranoid, you're paranoid, you're paranoid. So she wanted me to hang around with these Jewish kids, but they were so cunty. Mm. So I didn't have a lot of Jewish friends, which really... Yeah, James you know. doesn't understand that because I said I grew up being like, make sure you have a passport because right. when the Holocaust comes, right. you can leave the country. Right. Like, I grew up like, with that. They all yeah, like the hiding of your, you know, make sure there's some place to go. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Texas. So try being gay in Texas. That's what I'm saying. And, I thought and I was that. it what, like? What did your parents do? Well, it was just I was raised by a single mom, and so my mom and Wouldn't I lived you, with my did grandparents. You ever know your father? No, did Fuck not know him. my father. He's a fucking asshole. Growing up, and um, but um, but my what's interesting is something I talk, I've been talking about it actually in the last few days that I realized that no one in my family I was really close to my mom and her sisters and my cousins. I never heard anything said negatively about gay people. From those yeah. people. From any of my relatives, my grandparents. And we had, like, my mom had a first cousin who was gay, and I heard about him when I was 11 or 12. And I went and stayed with him for a week because we had talked on the phone and we really hit it off. Right. Surprise, now we know why. But um, but it, it, no one, everyone was really positive. It was all the evangelical Christians Ugh. who grew up around who were the ones that I was getting obsessed. the negative stuff. Yeah, they obsessed. were the ones obsessed. But They're I was obsessed. fortunate that no one in my family was like that. Interestingly, I didn't grow up around anyone Jewish, but my, and I think this is my reason why I've always been attracted to- Why he married me, basically. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, gay Jews is my first crush was with like the only Jewish Jew? kid. And his, his name was Darren Eugene Leitner. What the fuck was he doing in that town? Well, his parents were divorced. And so, and so he was living with his father. Did he have a bar mitzvah? I think he did. Yeah, I wow. didn't go to it though. Oh, that's too bad. You would. I think we both had like two. We had we had an unrequited crush. Is but, he gay now? And fortunately, sadly, he died of AIDS in, in his early twenties. Like right, no, and what's sad? What's sad is because I came out late. How old? Like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And I found out that he was sick when I, we were, because we were the same. He's a year older than me. So he was 23 and I was 22. And my friend had called me and said, I really think Darren, Darren wants you to call him. And I, uh. and he was with a partner at the time. And he, and I talked to his partner and he had, Darren had died the night before. Because <gasps> uh. I thought, oh, oh my that's, gosh. That feels good. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, remains one of the most devastating moments was because it was before cell phones. So like right, my right, friend, right. Li- my friend had literally like, because long distance was expensive. We were all poor. Right, had right. sent me a letter, oh you know, so I got a letter. Know. It was oh like, God. Darren's you know, about to die. Let me right. send this letter. She oh sent God. me a letter is how I found out. Uh, and then I immediately called and then. People don't understand. Like, I feel like that was not that long ago. I, I'm right. obsessed. I literally was saying to myself, how did I make plans with anybody before cell phones? Right. Like you actually just showed up. Like I right. said, like, you have to trust people. I'll meet you at seven here. I remember once I was um, up for a TV role and they were like, 
And I was supposed to leave for, I went to the network and then I was supposed to go on a gig in North Carolina for the weekend. And I was leaving right after I went to the network and the agent was like, go home and sit with your, your bags. And if you get this, you have to start tomorrow. And if oh, you don't, wait for the phone call. Because right. I sat no there oh my waiting God. and oh. waiting. I canceled that gig in North Carolina because oh I got the thing, God. but they never had me back. But it doesn't matter. But right. it was just Wait, so like, you lost a North Carolina gig and you didn't get the TV show? No, I did get the TV show. Oh, well, show. that's a good idea. Right, right, right. Oh, okay, but okay. it was just like that. No, you had no you choice. You had to go home. Right, right. And, and, you know, and when I, you know, even when I was doing stand-up, if you were late, if you were stuck on the subway or you were in a cab and it, you know, you couldn't call the club. You couldn't club. get with anybody. And so I've told the story many times on the <clears> podcast, but so at Catch a Rising Star, they hired two people to be the backups and we would sit at the bar in case someone didn't show up. And we got 50 oh. bucks, because that's what a set. Like the understudies. Yeah. yeah, and the two backups were me and Chris Rock. <laughs> and you both have, have equal careers. Shut the fuck up. I'm just trying to say. Shut up. He's so mean. Uh, what? Being honest. You have to be mean. You, you know, like, he just oh, loves brother. being mean. I don't know what game okay. you're playing. Now, yes. now um, yes. so you... How old? How how old was your oldest sibling? Like how much older than Beth you? is ten years older. Michael was nine years older. Nancy is six years older. So there's like a big. It was like the three of them and me. Right. And I would say like you know we. So you were a mistake. You know what? That's what Nancy would say. When, uh, but I don't think I actually. I think actually, quite frankly, I think Nancy was. I don't think really? I was. Yeah. Sorry, Nancy. But you know what? <laughs> Even if I were, it's so funny. Like that never bothers me. It's like I, I'm glad my parents had sex. And it's right. Like, so what if I was a mistake? Huh? Right. So yeah, it doesn't bother me. Um, but it would be like, they would play games like tag and they would say, they didn't answer their friend, Seth is playing, but he's too young, so it doesn't count. So I would just be running around and no one would try to tag me. <laughs> you know, that was that was them being nice to me. I'm like, but it's not nice. Oh, I'm my kids, oh, my siblings were it. so mean to me. So fucking oh, mean. Oh, they were very nice to me. Oh no, awful. Were you, you were the youngest, they were mean right. to you? Right, they, they were a year apart. And oh, that's they were why five and oh, four years older than me. Okay. They're, Plus I was like taller than, I mean, by the time, it was, it was awful, but they hated me. They fucking hated me. <laughs> no, my siblings were great to me. Nancy was like my mother. She, she used to call me her little monkey. I'd ride on her back. I, I slept in her bed like for years. Like we were almost roommates. Like, right. yeah, I was super close to my siblings and I still am. Oh, I love this story. My Mandy, Mandy. Uh, Mandy, Mandy, I have to look at my notes. So you grew up in a secular Jewish family. Yes, ma'am. And then you're- um, I grew up secular. I grew up secular. Right. Total, I was bar mitzvah. So were you kosher? No, no, no. Very secular. Oh, like, okay. Like did things on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, like super secular. Like very like we're- Christian. Well, you said Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. I know. I was going to say Christian, so you didn't think right. it. No, we were, we would acknowledge we're Jewish, and like I really? felt very Jewish, and like like I said, bar mitzvah, but like beyond 100% not observant. And then when I was 19, my brother died of a drug overdose, and the whole like the rabbi's wife, the rabbi's name, Rabbi Esther Young Rice, I was in college. I guess super Jew. Out. Okay. She was, I was in college, but she really helped my family, and I think you feel very lost when someone dies, and I right. think she really helped with how to mourn. And because it just, it kind of, I think you just feel so out of control. And I think because she gave this sort of like, you do this, you do this, it really helped my sisters and my mom figure out how to sort of function in life. Right. So they became basically religious All while I was at them? Oberlin. Yeah, Beth, Nancy, and my mom. Wow. And, and what about your dad? Well, what's interesting is that he almost was sort of mocking it. And then he got remarried to Gloria. And now it's a lot. Jewish? Yeah. And now it's a lot of like, you know, we were at the sisterhood last week and I was served a brisket. I'm like, 
Oh, really? Because like when my because when Mama was getting religious, right. it was a lot of like, right. I don't want to come over on your Shabbos, and now right. it's a lot of like, did you know that Netanyahu? And right. whatever, it's fine. So they, so then, so Nancy stayed, you know, pretty much super. Jew. I mean, they basically all kind of stayed super Jew in their own way, but right? Like, but not annoying super Jew. And uh, then I sort of did for a little bit, and then I faded out. I grew up Jewy Jew. Well, you didn't grow up. You didn't grow up full batshuva like shadel, but you grew up like kosher and. Oh, my mother was super. Um, yeah, but she, she did things Friday nights. I mean, you would still go out on Friday no, nights. No, we went to you? synagogue on Friday night. You so you didn't even watch TV? No, we did. We would go. We would drive to synagogue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you know what I mean? And we had a we had a sukkah. We had. Oh, so yeah, you were like you were. My mother was very. My mother pretty good. Didn't go, you know, girls didn't go to Hebrew school. So she grew up on 94th Street and she would go and sit in the boys' Hebrew school class. Oh, so, she was, so she was the Yentzel of... And was apparently Yentzel. everyone else in the family, because they all grew up on the Upper West Side, everyone in the family was like, Ruth's coming, get rid of the bacon, or Ruth's coming, you know. <laughs> she was like the Jew police. And then my grandmother... I don't know. She must have been like 90. And I went to visit her and she was at the Hebrew home in Connecticut. And we, I, I took her to this diner. <gasps> and um, First mistake. Not kosher. Oh, no. She didn't care. Oh, oh. We go to the diner. Um, and um, we sat down and she goes, I'm going to order something. And don't tell your mother. And she ordered a BLT. BLT. And I was oh. like, oh my God, because I hadn't even had bacon. Oh, wow. I remember yeah. I, I went to Yeshiva for my first two years of school. No way. Grade. Yeah. And I remember like, I did see a TV show on a Friday night once and I remember freaking out on Monday. I was in first grade. I was like, oh my God, what if somebody knows? What if somebody knows? Like, I mean, I was, I definitely was, you not brainwashed, but you really get really scared to break right? into those you rules. Think that it's going to, wow. yeah. You're going to wow. die. And it's then bad. I begged my parents to get me out of Yeshiva because- I actually would have stayed if not for the fact that there was no artistic, there was no music, there was right. nothing. And I was like, and I was a kid that loved music and I begged them, I said, please, like I've got to do something. And then as soon as I, in third grade, I went to public school and I was in the chorus and all that right, kind of get, fun get, stuff get, happened, get, thank get, God. Get. By the way, Smarty Pants, James skipped second grade. How about that? You did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, is that annoying? I don't know what, Wait, what good that did so me later on in life. Texas. And he graduated yeah. high school at 15. Sorry, Smarty Pants. Okay, all right, let's go back. You're in Texas? <laughs> yes. Surrounded by, put your fucking phone down. You notice it. You notice when it's my turn. No, to talk. that's not true. Jonathan Groff just texted me. I have a big crush on him. Well, by the way, why is that better? <laughs> it's actually I, it's, even ruder. And is he go. Jewish? Yes, Jonathan. He Groff. can pass. He's not Jewish. He grew up like um, you know that whole what's that place in um Pennsylvania? Amish, Amish. country. He oh, kind of well, grew up okay, over there, whatever. but he can pass. He can. So pass. wait, James. Yes. You are in Texas. Is it white trash where you are? <gasps> we don't use that expression, by the way. Um, he was the poor family were, in the rich neighborhood. Well, that was that was over. Neighborhood, yeah. No, I, no, not when I was little. I mean, we we lived with my grandparents in the house that my mom had graduated high school from, and then was your mom smart? My mom, yeah, my mom is smart, um, but she didn't get her college degree actually until her forties, right? Because you know oh, she was a single nice. mom yeah. working. Um, but How many kids did she have? Just me, and then she married my stepfather. When I was nine, and so or eight, and she had my sister. Right, she was pregnant at twenty. Tell them about the amazing car place. That's what it's like in Texas. Oh yeah, when my mom, it was one of those. I mean, it's Texas, but maybe kind of everywhere. But oh, it's six, like my mom 60s. was my mom was working like at the Love Field uh, Hertz rental car place, and she was fired because um, she, she was, was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, because yeah. she looked pregnant. So they were like, "You're fired." Yeah. 
Isn't it unbelievable? Like when I was a kid, women couldn't get credit cards. Isn't that crazy without a husband? So your husband's permission. I know it is crazy how things it, have changed. It's not that long it ago. It was not long ago. No, it was not like, long ago. Like the Holocaust was not that long ago. Right. No, I know. Right. Like I thought when I was growing up, I thought it was so long ago. I know. And now like, you look back and like, wow. It was like less than 20 years. Segregation was like, wasn't. My, my yeah. grandma. 17 years before I was born. Yeah. My grandma Bertha went down to Florida for vacation once and she flipped out because she saw, yeah, Bertha, but she saw the the black and white water fountains and it freaked, oh, she'd I never seen it. I did a college in my 20s in Alabama <gasps> and um, they had an old gas station and and I, and I they were like, well, you know, in some of these abandoned plate you can see and I go, I'm Jewish. Oh my God. It's <laughs> it's so scary. Well, it it's so scary. Yeah. I mean, and they I- still think like that. Right. Not everybody. But James always makes me say it. Then everyone in Texas, why are we going to say it? Well, James? no. I mean, in, in, in Texas, there are, I mean, I, I liberal Texans, I think, are the best yeah, the Texans. Austin, like the Ann yeah. Richards types. Yes. Oh, I mean, great. come on. I mean, those yeah. are like Jim Hightower. I mean, I mean, those are the people that I grew up around. Right. I, but in public, in public school, you'd be surrounded by, I mean, they gave out the Christian church came around and gave little mini Bibles in public school in fifth no. grade. Oh God. You know, isn't that horrible? It's like, I look, that. but I just accepted it because I you were surrounded by it. Like that. even with these impeachment hearings where the chaplain goes up and oh, I, know. I know, no, I no. know. What did you no, start up with? Your, why did you get in trouble with your teacher about Christ? What was it? The teacher that was Christian? Oh, I think, Oh, because we got into, you know, in, in American literature where it's all the early like right. 1800 stuff. And I think, what is it? The, Scar- the Scarlet, Scarlet Letter. Letter. And we got into a whole discussion during class about if we're born evil or born good. And I said, well, we're born good. And she was, because she was a hardcore Christian. It's like, no. And she, we got into a whole sin. thing. Original sin. And she got into a whole discussion and asked me to come out into the hallway. It's like, you cannot talk to me like that in front of the others. And I was like. What but, did I do? Yeah. I said, because I disagreed with you. And I'm like 14 years right, old, right. you know. But um, <laughs> About to graduate high school. I know. Smarty pants. <laughs> So anyway, um, you skipped second grade. I skipped second grade because I'd been in in a Montessori school in kindergarten and first grade. And then my mom couldn't afford it anymore. So we put me in public school. And so how many grades did you skip? You skipped two grades in high school? I did. I did. I skipped second grade. And then in high school, I did high school in three years instead of four. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's just say things were not great at home and we didn't have any money. And I just kind of wanted to get out on my own. He paid for his own college. He's so not Jewish. He paid for his own college. What? Didn't you? I know. Didn't you just? James had to pay for everything. I I had to pay for my books. That was my thing. But didn't you grow up like you just know your parents are going to go to college? And you had to go to college. Like it wasn't even a. Right. But I went. I I couldn't go where I wanted to go. I had to go to Rutgers because it was a state school. Oh. Yeah, that's Well, I didn't go to any fancy school, but I mean, I did. Where'd you go? um, Well, I ended up at University of Massachusetts at Boston and got my degree in political science. Wow. There's a smarty pants. Mm, So, yeah, we couldn't afford. I probably should have gone to a state school, but my mom's guilt over the divorce made her let me go. You you won out on that divorce. With Oberlin, yeah. Yeah, Oberlin Oberlin was like 20,000 a year in like the early 80s. Wow. Mine, mine, I was at Rutgers in 80. I started. Where did you want to go? I wanted to go to Emerson. Why? I don't know. I just had this feeling. Isn't that weird when you're a kid? You just you want to go to a certain school. I know. I really wanted to go to Emerson. It was all. It was all. And like so many comics went to Emerson. Andrew Martin went to Emerson. Yeah. There are so many, and they were like, "No, you're going to Rutgers." It was two thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars a semester. And what was what was Emerson? 
26. Oh, Who the hell knows? <laughs> and I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Right. But anyway, I went to Rutgers. My brother went to Rutgers. Then he went to University of Michigan to get his MBA. And then my sister went to Rutgers. And my father oh, went to Rutgers. Oh, it's like the school. Yeah, it's the whole... I went to Oberlin because I went there as a prospective student. Well, first of all, I got an early admission. Like, I couldn't believe I got in as a piano player. I was like, I, I was just so shocked that they accepted me because it's really hard school musically. But I went there as a prospective student, and I met a guy that I had a big crush on. So I was like, I have to go. That was a sign? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was just like, I, well, I always call Oberlin a gay bar with dorms. Like, I could not believe how many gay people there were there. Right. To contrast my high school. So that's another reason why I went, just because it just seemed so liberal and open as, as opposed to my high school. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow, or find an awesome template. No judgment. Okay, uh, question for both of you. Mm-hmm. We know that you, we all knew we were gay when we were born. Okay. okay. Right. First experience, go. I went to a, I was in all state chorus. Oh God. Of course, I got a six A plus, <laughs> by the way, in my vocals. Right. And if you were in that, you got to go to this summer choral program in, Al- in Albany. So I went to the summer choral program for a month because you got in for free if you got into Allstate. And I met this boy named James. Oh! But not that that James. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Had a crazy giant crush on him. He was, I guess, dating a girl or something. Anyway, the end of the story is there was a sleepover party at our friend Kathy's house on 94th and Broadway when I was, I guess, 16. And we fooled around for the first time. But the point of my story is if you watch Oz, he <laughs> is one of the drag queens that's no in way. every single scene. Yeah. And I freaked out when I saw him because he was like, had like a girlfriend and he was sort of macho. And I was like, wow, I, I made him gay. And now he's literally a drag queen. His character name is Fiona. But, but that was my were, first experience. Did you like, I mean, I remember my first, like, did you like go, oh my God, this is so natural. No, I was panicking because I, right. I didn't really know what I was doing, didn't know what he was doing. The whole thing was not, was sort of weird. And of course I was really into it, but it, I just felt, it was one of those things I was like, oh, this is something I'd always think about. I can't believe it's actually happening. Right, right, it just right. felt weird, uncomfortable. Did I, you ever sleep with a woman? No, never been interested. <laughs> well, I haven't. I, just I like, wasn't interested either, but I felt like I had to. I hated it. It was the most unnatural. I felel like I was being assaulted. Okay. Well, of course you did. You right. weren't interested. It was, I was like, uh, and then, and then. I had a boyfriend who um He was Jewish, I guess. Oh my god, so Jewy. And he what was lived his name? Philip. Oh, and so he lived he was one of the RAs in our dorm, right? And he lived on he had his own room and I would never sleep over. And and everyone else who was dating, you know, because we lived in a co-ed. Yeah. Every other room was yeah. was it was co-ed floors, yeah. you know. And everyone was like, "Why don't you ever sleep in?" I'm like, "I don't feel like it." It was just like so. You would do the act, but you wouldn't do the actual sleeping over part, right? You know, he. I lost my virginity to him, and I. I was like, all right, you have to take me to dinner. It was so stupid. I just thought I had to do it to prove it to myself. You take me to dinner. We went to like. What was it called? Was it called Charlie Goodnights or something? I don't know. That was a a comedy. I don't know. It was this one place, and they had. Like it's right when salad bars started. Uh-huh. All you can eat. Right. And so they had 
um, shrimp in their salad bar. So I thought it was like a fancy restaurant. I know you're going to have to take me there. And then we went to like a motel and, um, and it was like Dallas Buyers Club Motel. It was like one of those motels, oh. you know, where it's like Why not two stores. I, no, I didn't want to. And then, and I got like birth control. It was stupid. I got um, the foam. IUD, oh, there the was foam? foam. It was bad. Oh. And then I made him wear a condom too. And then uh, we did it. It hurt so bad. I went in the bathroom. It was bleeding. Oh, I was God. like, ugh. <laughs> and I'm in a fucking shitty hotel. And then we get back in bed and Mission Impossible came on. And I was like, oh, I love Mission Impossible. He's like, you want to do it again? I'm like, no, ew, I'm in pain. <laughs> and I watched Mission Impossible and he went to sleep. That was it. It sounds like a good relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really know James's details. Do I? Right, go ahead. Go, James. Well, no, no. Well, I mean. Did you ever sleep with a woman? Never fooled around, but I would say right. never really. Did you get. In high school, no. Okay. So, but I would say, <laughs> here's the thing. I was, so, I remember my high school choir being in Austria. We had done this competition. They hate Jews. They hate the I know, Austria. Well, you know what? They're the worst. Well, you know, it's interesting because it was 1985. My grandfather, who was like my father growing up, died and would end up dying two years later, a year later. But he was really upset with me. Not he, he wasn't Jewish, was really upset with me that I was going to Germany because he fought in, in World War II oh, yeah. and his brother had died at the hands of the Nazis in France during the war. I mean, he was really, he was really upset. Wow. And I was excited about the travel because I'd never traveled out of the country. Right. But while we were there, I think that's when the, that's when the, the news hit about Rock Hudson. Oh, and, you know, it was, right, I was yeah. 14 years, I was 14 years old. So like right when you're like getting those feelings and it really it I I knew that I was gay even though I would later like fool around with this girl but we didn't really do anything but I was so affected by that emotionally and 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 really I didn't I didn't have my first sexual experience until my mid-20s you know I because feel, I was too yeah, terrified I feel like you know for some people you know because they called it the gay plague mm -hmm. and there's a lot I, I have a lot of stuff in my book about you know when how the Reagan administration Ugh, didn't talk about it, I hate them. but also I've listened to these press conferences where a they're journalist about it. is asking and they're laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're laughing, they're laughing like, what, what do you want to know? You have something to tell us? Like right. it was yeah. ridiculous. Oh yeah. It was a joke. And, them. and uh, you know, and there was that, Oh, maybe we are, you know, maybe we are. I mean, I was lazy and I still thought, you know, right. maybe there. this is is God's punishment. Maybe right. we are supposed to all oh, die, you know? God. Well, you know, it's funny. You, not funny, but it's, you say that and I think, <laughs> but it's like, it is true because I grew up in Texas. And right. so you had the combination of like hearing negative, not from my family, but negative things about gay people from the community around me evangelical Christians. Right. And then you have, when we're out of the country, having this amazing experience and you see the images of Rock Hudson with Doris right. Day oh. and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what my life is going to be like. Right. And I knew I always wanted to be a father. Right. So you have that on top of it. It's like, oh my gosh, my whole world is, right. is now, coming nothing, down on me. Yeah. Nothing. That's why when I think of like Edie Windsor and Thea Spire, oh, right. the fact that they got engaged in 1967, like that one said, I want to marry, like that it, it was even a thought that you could enter that it was a possibility. Yeah, right. yeah. You know? groundbreaking. Right. And, and it's, all right, I have a question and then I have to go back. But <laughs> what do you guys think of, I mean, I know we're dealing with pronouns now mm -hmm. and there is a part of me 
that is like, we had to deal with the AIDS crisis and you're dealing with pronouns. <laughs> you know? Oh. Uh, well, I don't know if it's called you're dealing with pronouns. Pronouns is part of the bigger thing. Right. That's like saying we have to deal with uh, um, act up protests, but well, we were dealing with that GH crisis. Right. So pronouns is part of people being uh, allowed. I don't under, listen. I'm not. I'm. I don't have gender issues, but obviously, it's it torments people that commit right. suicide because of it. So I just listen. It's like I'm sorry. I'm gonna go the other way because like my trainer will go to me like, no, does it work? Like a guy can't even pat a woman on the back. I go great. Let it swing all the way that way, and then it makes up for all the years right. that everyone can get raped right and left. So right. let's be neurotic about pronouns for a little while until people can really express themselves with their gender. So let's let, be over that the top. Is, okay. Yeah. So I'm really okay. So with you're it. saying it's a process, and we're in this portion of the process. Yeah, I, I would think, agree with that. I mean, yeah, how great is that, that finally, I mean, they're finally getting, getting what they want. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, it's just so funny because people think if you're gay that it's the same thing right. as being tra- And it's so like, different. no, they're just, they're two completely, one is it gender is. and one is sexuality. Yeah. Right. And there's, I mean, like, look, if someone, tra- you know, there's so many people with one partner transitions and they stay together. They well, stay- isn't, Bru- not, even though I hate him, but isn't Bruce Jenner, Caitlin. or Caitlyn Jenner, isn't she, uh, a lesbian. Yeah, right. So right. I say so, that in my act. So she's. I say because people. I say you're still attracted to whomever you're attracted. So Caitlyn Jenner's a lesbian. She just can't come out because she's a Republican. So <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but it's true. So, right. Yeah, so it's yeah. not about sexuality. Yeah. It's anyway. So I'm okay with the pronouns. I, and no, fucking I, Lindsey Graham is so gay. Ugh, and I, don't I just care. can't. So all right. Gay. I hate him. I hate him. Go. Um. So you go to college. Does everything change for you in college where you're like, oh, my God, because it did for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no more uh, fear. Right. I would, I would walk down the hall. It was always weird where people would say hello to me in the hallway. And I was like, oh, I'm not used to making eye contact in the right. hallway. So it was weird. But, yeah, everything changed because I just – everything was fun. You know, I was – pursuing everything I loved. Everything was music and, and theater. And, and no one gave a shit if you were gay. No, there was a lot of, there was a lot of unrequited crushes and, right. and stalking people nonstop. Right. But nobody made fun of me for being gay. Poor James never had that experience. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be a theater student because he didn't want to play all those annoying theater games. He thought they were annoying. So <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. People were annoying. Boring political science. Yes, yeah, so yeah, but I love fun. political science. Aren't you glad now that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that I had had those. Like I hear Seth's experiences, and I'm like, oh, that would have been fun, right? But you know, I had to work my way through school. I didn't go away to school. It was oh, just like it was. It was joke. work, you know. Yeah. And but I knew that I needed to get a degree, and I'm right. glad I did. And you know, um, mm. I got to college at, like I was leaving for college. Um, and I, even though it was only a half hour away from my house, mm-hmm. my mother was like, you're living there and you can only call me once a week. Wait, <laughs> your mother said that? Oh, my mother was more like, I'm uh, moving in with you. I was about no. to say, that's so like a, you, oh my the God. opposite oh, no. of your mom. I thought stuff. you had the codependent. Oh no, she was like, you need to branch out. She said, you can be as far away as you want to be, even though, you're, yeah. So they would come out for dinner some Sundays, but I literally Sunday night, was that we had a phone across the hall yeah, that right. everyone shared, and I was only allowed to call her once a week. Wow, um, good for her. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was good that way. But I, the night before, I was like, "I'm not going. I'm not going because mm. I'm going to live in a dorm." So that means they'll be calling me Bigfoot and Sasquatch yeah. and Orca, like even where, like right, even at night, right oh. when I come oh, home. Yeah. And I was so, Poor and thing. so, Mister Weinfeld, God rest his soul who was my guidance counselor, came over 
to to talk to me and tell me it was going to be okay. He Aww. ended up dying, getting he, hit by a car because th- he pushed his daughter out of the way. So she was in the street. Oh, my god! Isn't that horrible? How much later? Like a few years later. Horrible. Anyway. But he was right, though. You you were me. I got there, and it was like my whole... I did stand-up there. Like, that's wow. how I... 1981. That's how I became wow. a stand-up. And it was amazing. And then I won this talent contest, and then I ended up... Uh, doing, they did this thing, campus comedy, and it was me. It, I got, I was a student, but it was uh, Larry Amrose. Oh, I love him. Uh, Bill Sheft wow. and Adrian Tolsh, and they were came, and I did a set. Um, and Adrian was, um, God rest her soul, was uh, the MC on Open Mic Night at, at Catch, and she was like, Catch come, Rising Star, yeah, Catch Rising Star, and she was like, come in on a Monday and I'll put you on Aww. and I would go in it on Mondays and stand in the back and never get on. So it was <laughs> change our lives. James but it was so just bad. like they told me I was funny. And Bill Chef to this day, he's like, I still see that little nineteen year old girl, you know, and you you know, you're funny. He's great. But anyway. Thanks for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Seth Rudetsky. Make sure and James Wesley. Make sure you uh, tune in next week for part two with Seth and James. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. Five stars only, please. If you have to do less, fuck you. Um, yeah. Please come see me live uh, the following dates. I'm so excited to perform at 54 Below on February 4th. That's two tonight. Yay. Yeah, um, at 7 o'clock, I'll be part of Seth and James' amazing show, Voices for the Voiceless, at Town Hall on February 6th. Mm-hmm. I'm headed to the Rhino Comedy Club on February 15th in Suffern, New York. And I'm so excited to announce a new live episode of Kill Me Now, a club coming with the Bridget Everett on February 20th in New York City. Wow. Like I said, you can get tickets for all this on my website. Stay up to date on all new dates. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, like Jew Gold. (laughs) And uh, JudyGold.com. And I love you all. And thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, so long! Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's just, just Kill Me. Now. No, no, Judy no. Gold's no, Just Kill Me. Just, just Kill Me Now. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.